Let's go through three major lessons that I learned from the inspiring 30-something millionaires that I've interviewed on the show. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you so much for being here today, everybody. It is the first Monday of the month, and you know what that means, everybody. We're answering a question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community. After that, we're highlighting another stupendous Money Master of the Week. And last but not least, I am throwing down another MKM challenge. Yes, two months in a row. We're getting busy this summer on improving our lives. So let's get on it. Our question of the month comes in from Whitney from California. Andy, I've been enjoying your show for the past few months. Your message of financial empowerment is really motivating me lately to clean up my family's debt and grow our wealth. I have a question that I think could be fun for you and informative for me. With all of the millionaires you've had on your show, what are the top three things you've learned so far? I'm in my early 30s, and I'd love to become a millionaire before I am 40. Keep up the excellent work on the podcast, Andy. Whitney. Thanks for writing in, Whitney. And yes, I love this question. When I started the podcast, I never thought I'd be able to learn as much as I have so far. This is now the 85th episode of the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. And loosely, I've interviewed and been inspired by around 80 80 to 100, probably closer to 100 now, money geniuses. And that's between the Money Masters of the Week or the weekly guests that I have and some interviews that are yet to be released. So, yeah, close to 100 or probably 100. So millionaires, though, on the other hand, I've only had a chance to interview less than 10. I calculated this. And millionaires who've openly shared that they are actually millionaires, that's closer to about five And then millionaires in their 30s, which is getting closer to the question you're asking, about three. So it's kind of perfect. Let's go through three major lessons that I learned from the inspiring 30-something millionaires that I've interviewed on the show. Lesson number one, keep investing simple. From Scott Allen Turner in session number one on October 23rd, 2016. This self-made millionaire helped me to understand that investing does not have to be complicated. No day trading, no individual stock picking, no fancy annuities. If it's not simple and you don't understand it, then stay away from it. Scott recommended investing in low-cost index funds through companies like Vanguard, Fidelity, or Schwab. This recommended passive investing option is not only less complicated than active investing, there is now proof that it can beat out the performance of active investing. In 2007, Warren Buffett made a $1 million bet with some big hedge funds that passive index fund investing would beat out their active investing over a 10-year period. So 2007 to 2017. And guess who won? Oh yeah, 
Warren Buffett, and the charity Girls Inc. that he gave all of that money to. So that makes sense. Index funds also help you to keep your fees extremely low. They are well known for having fees that are like 80 to 90% lower than a typical mutual fund. And since index funds mirror major market indices like the S&P 500, your portfolio will be highly diversified. So do as millionaire Scott Allen Turner does and keep investing simple. Lesson number two, create multiple streams of income from Grant Sabatier in session number 41 on July 30th, 2017. Now, Grant's story is incredible. You should, you got to go back and listen to this one, Whitney. In short, he became a millionaire before his 30th birthday. No inheritance, no free ride, and he had a starting balance in his bank account of just $2.26. I learned a lot from our interview last summer, but the main lesson that stuck out to me was that he grew his wealth by diversifying his income. He had a full-time job in digital marketing, making around 50000 bucks a year, and that was income stream number one. He then started building websites and providing digital marketing services as a side business as well. And this grew his income to $400,000 in a year. <laughs> Grant also began investing in, you guessed it, passive index funds. See the connection here? <laughs> he grew another income stream through blogging, and then so on and so on and so on. Voila, millionaire. This income stream diversification became a lifelong practice for Grant and has served him well. And a really great bonus of this approach is that if for some reason one of your income streams dries up, you're supported by all the other ones. So do as millionaire Grant Sabatier does and create multiple streams of income. You like this, Whitney? It's getting good. Number three, <laughs> lesson number three, build your career and salary from Liz Gendro in session number 82 on May 13th, 2018. I'm always motivated by exciting stories about entrepreneurs who went out on their own and built some incredible company or service or product that people just love. It's alluring, these stories you hear. And I always thought that I have to do something like that to build wealth. Liz helped me to think twice about that notion. You could become a millionaire by growing your salary and your career right where you are. You don't need to invent the next mind-blowing app or become the next Steve Jobs. You can build wealth by working hard, providing value at your job, and exceeding expectations. Yes, investing and diversifying your income streams helps too. But your day job can be a huge help in funding those efforts. Over the course of your career, you have the ability to earn millions upon millions of dollars. And if you put that money to work for you, that's how you become a millionaire. Liz is well known for starting investing very early in her life after having some great influence from her parents. But she's taken all of those dollars from her job and thrown it towards this millionaire goal. The point here, or the epiphany, at least for me, is that your career can be your greatest wealth builder. Use it and grow it. So, 
do as millionaire Liz Gendro does and build your career and salary. So let's recap, Whitney. Lesson number one, keep investing simple. Lesson number two, create multiple streams of income. Lesson number three, build your career and your salary. If you want to listen to any of those episodes, Whitney, I'll include them in the show notes for you to check out. As I said, session number one, session number 41, and then session number 82. This was a fun question, Whitney. Thank you so much for asking it. I'll be sure to catch up with some more millionaires on the show soon so we can all learn and build our wealth too. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Drew from Virginia connected with me on Twitter to share a huge net worth win. In the last year, he and his wife increased their net worth by $192,000. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Let's hear from Drew about how he did this. Hi, this is Drew from Virginia. I wanted to share a recent money win with you. Um, My wife and I, from June 2017 through April 2018, increased our tax-deferred investments by $100,000 and increased our taxable investments by $20,000. In June 2017, our net worth was $243,000, and in April 2018, it was $436,000. I uh, was able to do this by negotiating a consulting contract while keeping my full-time job. I put the income from that consulting contract into a solo 401k, which allows you to contribute as the employer and employee which really protects a lot of that income from taxes. So it can build that tax deferred income up very quickly. And obviously we did not inflate our lifestyle as a result of this consulting contract. It's a great win. Um, And, you know, it's, it's from years of developing different relationships and it's from being open and transparent with my current employer um, about, about the consulting contract and, uh, making sure that I was meeting their needs while while taking on additional sp- responsibilities with another organization. Uh, I'd love you to visit me at my blog, fintrovert.com, F-I-I-N-T-R-O-B-E-R-T.com. Thanks a lot, everyone. This is a perfect win for our conversation today about how to become a millionaire. When Drew and his wife got married, their net worth was 243000 and now, just one year later, they are at 436000 Holy net worth growth. Good gosh. <laughs> As Drew stated, the majority of his net worth growth came from taking advantage of tax-deferred retirement vehicles like 401ks and, in his case, the solo 401k for his side business. After reading more on his blog that he mentioned, Drew is hitting on all of the lessons we just spoke about with Whitney. Number one, he's keeping his retirement investing simple with index funds. Number two, he's diversifying his income streams with a side hustle. And number three, he is growing his salary at his W-2 job. And when you combine this with his wife's efforts, you get a couple that will be millionaires in no time. You can follow Drew and learn more about his path to building wealth at fiintrovert.com. That's fiintrovert.com, as in financial independence. (laughs) Drew, 
Thank you so much for connecting with me and sharing your huge win. Congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? I would love to hear from you, everybody. Just reach out to me at andy at marriagekidsmoney.com or leave me a voicemail like Drew did at marriagekidsmoney.com slash voicemail. These stories really inspire me and all the people who listen to this show. You know I'm all about self-improvement, so let's bring on another MKM challenge. This month's challenge pairs up well with our discussions today. Following this podcast, I challenge you to start tracking your net worth and set a goal for one year, five years, and 10 years. And I'm going to join in as well. I've been tracking my net worth and using this platform to motivate me to grow it. As I've talked about many, many times, self-proclamation encourages me to hit my goals. That's part of the reason I'm doing this show. It really motivates me to talk to you all and put my goals out there. So where do we begin with this challenge? Let's first define net worth because I didn't know what the heck net worth meant when I started tracking mine. (laughs) So what is net worth? Net worth is calculated by adding up what you own, your assets, and subtracting what you owe, your liabilities. So your assets could include your cash savings, your retirement savings, your home, and even your car. (laughs) Your liabilities could include your student loans, your car debt, your mortgage, and maybe even some money you owe your family. Let's say you have $300,000 in assets and $100,000 in liabilities. Your net worth is... $200,000. Or in my case, when I started tracking in 2010, we had around $150,000 in assets and $200,000 in liabilities. That would be a negative $50,000 net worth. (laughs) That's where my wife and I were when we got married. We were uh, broke. (laughs) I'll post a link in the show notes for everyone to see our journey from that negative $50,000 status to where we are today at seven fifty, dollars So an $800,000 swing in about eight years. Lots of work to get there, and I'm really proud of the partnership that Nicole and I have had to get to where we are today. So how do I track my net worth, you might ask? Tracking your net worth can be done easily on just a personal spreadsheet if you want. Periodically, you can calculate the numbers we just talked about assets, liabilities, and find out what your net worth is. Or you could use my favorite net worth tracking tool called Personal Capital. This application is free, awesome price, and really intuitive. You can sync up all your accounts and Personal Capital just tracks your net worth for you. You can go on their app and check it like crazy every day like some people do. But yeah, no, it's an an easy tool. You can go on and check your net worth at your convenience. And uh, periodically, you can set some dates where you say, hey, I'm going to check this once every six months or once a year just to see where you are. And it's a great barometer to show you how you're building wealth. So if you want to use that tool and support this show, go to marriagekidsmoney.com slash personal capital. That's marriagekidsmoney.com slash personal capital. I would appreciate it if you guys use that link because that definitely supports this show. So what is a good net worth goal to set, you might ask? 
I would reply that that's completely up to you. When I make goals, I like to make them smart goals. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. So let's not just say, I want to become a millionaire. That's not specific enough. Let's say, I want to have a million dollar net worth by the time I turn 45 years old or 55 years old or whatever's attainable for you, the A and smart there, attainable. For me, my end of year goal is 800,000 bucks. That's my goal to hit before 2019 shows up. My five-year goal is 1.1 million. And my 10-year goal is going to be 1.5 million. Is it going to be easy? No! I got to keep doing all the things I've been talking about. I got to keep tracking my money. I have to keep taking advantage of tax-deferred savings. I got to do all these important things to build this net worth. There are some folks that are listening to the show that are in the multi-million dollar net worth range, and there are some folks that are in the negative net worth range, like where I used to be. I've had a chance to chat with a lot of you. So no matter where you are, just set a goal today to improve your position. The more wealth you build, the more security your family will have, and the more you'll be able to pursue your true passions in life. So let's do this together. Let's set a goal. So what actions can we take today to improve our net worth? I want to give you seven actions that you can do today, depending on where you are in that area. You could have the negative net worth. You could be a multimillionaire. A lot of these work for everybody. So number one, practice living on a budget and monitoring your money each month. You hear me talk about this constantly with our budget parties and my just love and affection for tracking your dollars. So that's number one. Number two, pay off credit card debt as fast as possible and pay off your balance every month going forward. Make a commitment. Do not live with high interest debt. Credit card debt could just could just get you. Number three, lower your fees in your 401k or your IRA or any of your investing accounts with services like Bloom or Personal Capital Fee Analyzer. These are some great tools you can use. MarriageKidsOfMoney.com slash Bloom. That's three O's, B-L-O-O-O-M. That will help you track your 401k fees. and It'll help you lower them down and give you good options. Personal Capital Fee Analyzer, like I said earlier, that's a, is a great net worth tracking tool. It also takes a look at your um, the fees that are in your investment portfolio. So again, MarriageKidsOfMoney.com slash Personal Capital for that free tool. Number four, decrease your living expenses and save more with the difference. That's a simple one. Number five, get clear with your supervisor at work about what your objectives are for the year and exceed them. A proven record of success at your job is the best way for you to score that next raise. Number six, start an income-producing side hustle that brings you joy and money. Number seven, reduce your tax burden by utilizing tax-advantaged retirement accounts like Drew did. 401k, IRA, solo 401k, HSA, SEP IRA. There are so many options, and when you're paying less taxes, that, uh, that just puts a smile on your face, and it also builds your net worth. So that's it. Let's get it done, my friends. You have the knowledge, and you have the free online tools to help you track it through personal capital. 
All you need now is your why. You know, at this point, you might be saying, why Why should I want to become a millionaire? Or why do I want to grow my net worth? That is the best question to ask. Because when you ask great questions like that, it helps you to seek out the best answer that fits your life. For me, I want to become a millionaire because I truly believe that as I grow my wealth, I will grow my time freedom. I will be able to do more of what I want, when I want to, and with whom I want to do it. Being there for my kids as they grow is at the top of my list. And outside of that, contributing to work and causes that truly bring me joy, regardless of the pay, would be freeing. Honestly, $1 million, $2 million, or just even of $2,000 net worth, they're just numbers. They mean nothing until you give them meaning. Utilize things like a dream statement because they can be a lot more compelling because they move you personally. Things like, when I'm a millionaire, my stress level will decrease because I know my kids are provided for. Or when I reach a half million dollar net worth status, I will have a debt-free life and owe zero payments to anyone. I won't owe a dime to anyone. Or at the $2 million level, I will be able to start a scholarship for kids who need a shot at college that don't have a chance without support from folks like me. That'll make me feel like I'm truly contributing to society. Those are some powerful statements. Those are some ways to tie your motivation, your why, with your net worth goal. And I think it'll drive you to success even faster. So that's it. The challenge has been laid down. Who is in? Email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or send me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. Oh, and just a quick update on our MKM challenge from last month. Nicole and I have officially become average. We are average givers. We are now giving at the average rate of an American citizen. That might not sound like a lot, but uh, based on where we were just like four weeks ago, we've essentially doubled our annual giving, and I'm thrilled about it. I know there are a lot of folks out there that are doing the full tithe of a tenth, or there's some folks that aren't giving much at all. So as we talked about last month, look at where you are and see if you can give a little bit more. And that's what Nicole and I did. We're now supporting the following organizations that we feel passionate about. Feeding America, which is all about helping to feed the millions of folks in the United States that are going hungry every day. THORN, which is an incredible organization that is helping to end child sex trafficking, which is disgusting that it even exists, but the fact that it exists highly in our country, I want to support organizations that are stopping that as I have young children, and I can't imagine that being a situation that my kids would be involved in. Charity Water is the third one. Uh, I've spoken about that a little bit on the show, but they are creating wells all across the world and giving people who have dirty drinking water clean water. And that is one of the essential things that people need to live, so I'm all about that. The Malala Fund is brought about from... Malala Yousafzai, which is an incredibly motivating individual who 
fought back from the Taliban to educate herself. And she was shot in the head because of it. And from that adversity, she has become a, an advocate for women's education globally. And it's beautiful. I mean, talk about, talk about a horrible situation to be in. And she has become a global leader to help females get the education they need to be empowered. It's beautiful. I love it. The Sandy Hook Promise, this is led by the parents from the Sandy Hook tragedy about bringing forth education and safety measures to help our children stay safe in schools and avoid gun violence. We are all about that with a six-year-old and a four-year-old in school. World Vision, this is an organization that Nicole and I have been supporting for, I think, six years now. We adopt two children. We've got John in Tanzania that we take care of, and we also have Naomi in Mexico that we have been supporting since both of our kids were born. And last but not least is our local church, Kensington which is a great place that we've learned a lot and grown a lot as a family. And I get an opportunity to volunteer there. So those are the organizations that we've been funding and we are now giving more to. So shoot me a note. If you have any giving updates that you want to share with me, I would love to hear how this challenge went for you. And if you have any other organizations that you feel passionate about, I'd love to hear about them. Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 85. This month on the show, we have an excellent lineup of money smart guests. Next week, Adam Carroll joins us to discuss the $1.5 trillion student debt crisis and what we can do to protect our kids from it. The week after, we are discussing financial independence with Gwen Mers and Eric Tozier. This power couple is helping millennials understand the power of the fire movement and why they need to get on board ASAP. The following Monday, I'm chatting with Kane Corder about the benefits of financial therapy for couples. We're discussing how a third party can sometimes help your relationship go from tragic to tremendous. June will be a month of money magic, my friends, so do not miss an episode. If you're not currently subscribed, please do so today at Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or your favorite podcast player, whichever one you use. Also, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher as well. These reviews are a huge motivator for me, and they help other people consider the show. Here's an awesome one from Christopher. I have recently discovered the mini personal finance podcast during my drive to and from work. What strikes me is how many of the hosts and guests of these podcasts do not have kids. I find myself yelling at my phone or smart speaker about how I could do all these fi slash fire moves so much earlier if I didn't have two wonderful children. I'm like you, a working dad with two children and a working wife. We do what we can by making smart home ownership moves, investing for our retirement, and 529 accounts. Will we be retired when we are 45 or 50 like other podcasts boast about? I don't think so, but we strive for it. Despite our best efforts, I know I can listen to your podcast and get a realistic, straightforward outlook on the many aspects of financial planning and family living you and I face. Chris, 
Thank you so much for these motivating words. If you are feeling giving like Chris, I'd love to hear your feedback too. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Apple Podcasts or marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Stitcher. Thanks again, everyone. I really appreciate it. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Thomas J. Stanley. Before you can become a millionaire, you must learn to think like one. You must learn how to motivate yourself to counter fear with courage. You can do this, my friends. Carpe diem. <laughs>